Have you wondered about living elsewhere in your retirement? Well, we have almost daily. No, it's not a simple decision, especially when two people are involved. Hi, this is Gil and Jean of Retire There, a podcast about retirement destinations. We live in Brooklyn, New York, having grown up and worked in this area of the country. We're hoping to relocate when we're both retired. For us, it's the weather, the chaos, the noise, and the yearning to be near nature and not within three feet of human beings. <laughs> That's right. In February 2020, we embarked on our journey to find that special place. We spent a week in Winter Park, Florida, which is beautiful, but something said it wasn't for us. As we were planning for the next trip, the pandemic arrived. Jean then gave birth. I gave birth? To this podcast. With so many baby boomers retiring, many must be relocating. Why not connect with and learn from them? Here's a little background about us. I'm Asian, born in Brazil, and grew up in Flatbush, Brooklyn. I'm an engineer turned attorney turned podcaster. I recently retired from a university career practicing higher education law. I love the academic environment, but it was time to do something else. I no longer have to set an alarm, drive in BQE traffic, or work with people who don't always share the same principles. Oh, did I just say that? <laughs> you bet I did. I traded all that in to binge crime dramas into the wee hours just a little bit to develop the podcast, to volunteer, practice metal smithing, tackle our possessions. No regrets so far, Jane. I'm not Asian. And as Gil mentioned, I'm not retired. I'm just plain tired. Born and raised in Long Island, New York, a place I always wanted to leave. I'm a law librarian working in a court who loves his job, but we're retired by the time we select our ideal location. We will be speaking to folks from across the street to across the globe who have moved to their dream venues and more. So please stay tuned. And remember, if you know anyone who has moved anywhere for retirement, let us know. Thank you. Hi, folks. Today, we'll be chatting with Mary Hansen, who retired in Carovino, Italy. We should mention that Mary and her husband, Tom, first retired to Thailand from Phoenix, Arizona, before settling in Italy. Carovino is a city with about 17,000 people in the region of Apulia, also known as Puglia. It's located in the heel in southeastern Italy. So all of us are familiar with the heel, I think, that very seems like a five-inch heel that none of us can walk <laughs> in anymore. It's also about five hours southeast of Rome. Puglia is famous for its olive oil production. The region provides around 40% of the country's olive oil, amounts to about 300,000 tons every single year. That's amazing. In the past, Puglia was known as the breadbasket of Italy. And it has the longest coastline of any Italian mainland region. Wow. Mary was born in Phoenix, Arizona, graduated from the University of Minnesota in Agricultural Business Administration. And she says, like most boomers, we ended up changing careers about once every 10 years. Huh, so true. The longest position she held was within the last 20 years of her working life at the United States Post Office, which, by the way, she says was the best job she had. <laughs> and by the way, Jean and I, or rather, I visit the post office almost weekly because <laughs> why? I am a shopper, but more so, I am a returner. For his 50th birthday, Mary gave Tom a gift of a trip to Rome. Hey, Jean, how come you haven't done that for me? <laughs> I think of France on your 50th birthday. Did you? Yes. Oh, man, I forgot. Okay, well, thank you. That was very nice. That was very nice. I appreciate it. I'll take it back. That was their first trip overseas. They arrived in Rome and immediately fell passionately in love with it. For the following nine years, they spent at least one month in Rome every 12 to 18 months. Mary's interests include cooking, photography, writing. She wrote a book called Travels with the Naked Dog. We'll ask her about that in a moment. Mary's husband, Tom, was the reason they first came to Italy and why they fell in love with it. He has a graduate degree in the classics, Latin and Greek. From 2008 to 2020, he volunteered with Project Gutenberg, translating and proofing Latin text. On retirement, the couple first moved to Thailand, but after 10 years, they started the Schengen Shuffle, 90 days in and 90 days out. <laughs> 
And in 2019, 75 days before the COVID lockdown, they moved to Italy due to the 7% tax rule. Hmm. Gene? Here's some fun info. In March of 2022, an Apulia article reported that Apulia drew major celebrities to the area because it is filled with most of life's simple pleasures, such as long sandy beaches, iconic cone-shaped truly houses, the beautiful coastline and coastal towns, as well as a diverse variety of rustic and delicious cuisine. The article cites A-list celebrities from Europe, the U.S., Russia, and VIPs from across the world are increasingly choosing Puglia as their favorite getaway. Everything about this region makes it, makes it the perfect place for a European holiday. Celebrities spotted in Puglia include Madonna, the Beckham family, George Clooney, and Justin Timberlake and his actress wife, Jessica Biel, chose it for their grand destination wedding. Hmm, we were invited, Gil. While this region has become the playground for prestigious Europeans, VIPs, Chinese, and Russian oligarchs, wealthy Americans, and Hollywood elite, this place is not just for the wealthy. This attraction is such that folks are buying truly houses. A Trullo house is a traditional dry stone hut with a corbelled roof. They also buy summer houses in Italy. Recent examples of purchases include Oscar Award winners Meryl Streep and Helen Mirren. French actor Gerard Depardieu is also believed to have recently snapped up a house nearby. But Puglia is by no means only for the rich and famous. Puglia is a paradise for just about everyone. In a bid to attract more people to Italy's rural south, the Italian government is offering a 7% flat tax rate specifically for pensioners and retirees who move to one of Italy's small southern towns. A number of Puglia's towns qualify. For more information, you may want to check out a book by Samantha Wilson titled Discovering Puglia's Best 7% Town. Gil? So Mary, welcome to Retire There. Well, thank you for having me. Absolutely. Thank you for joining us. How many celebrity sightings have you come across? Not many, but that's because I'm lower middle class. (laughs) (laughs) I love your answer. Okay. So before we launch into Carovino, let's talk about Thailand first. Would you please? Okay. I loved Thailand. I really did. We really had a wonderful time there under the old king, King Bumapol Ayudala. He was born in Boston, which very few people know. He actually, by birth, was an American citizen. He rode the tiger during Vietnam at the end of World War II, when the British and the victors were dividing up Asia. He dealt with, uh, in southern Thailand, there's still an ongoing war with the Malaysians. And he handled all of that and kept Thailand. It's one of the few countries in Southeast Asia that was never occupied. A great ruler, truly a great ruler. There is a fairly large expat population. We arrived in 2012. And at that point in time, the idea, the general idea about Americans, actually, most people, about uh, Thailand is retirees in Thailand are sexpats. They're males. They're there. They're looking for the cute young Thai wife, whatever, you know, the subservient woman. And the year I went, and since then, 51% of the retirees are single women. Wow. Yeah. 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 It's American and, and European are single women, divorcees, widows, whatever, because it is very affordable. And we had a very, very strong community. In 2018, the old king died. His son took over. And the attitude toward Farang, which is what Thais call non-Thais, um, changed and became much more hostile. And I think this, uh, deservedly so. There were a lot of people that were taking advantage of the system. Thailand is part of the, is a signator to the uh, International Health Accord, which is somebody shows up in an emergency room and you provide them care. It was bankrupting Thai hospitals and it was bankrupting the Thai government and people weren't, weren't maintaining insurance or buying insurance or whatever. And so basically, oh, I know a couple of people that died and left Thai hospitals with 40, 50, 100,000 worth of bad debt. Mm, sure. Wow. So basically, uh, Thailand said, we're no longer going to take the fact that you say that you have $2,000 American coming into your account every month. You have to prove it by putting that money into a Thai bank, er, bank every month. And it has to be the same amount and it has to come in on the same day. And that's a little hard when you have United States Social Security, because it's like the second Wednesday or the third Wednesday of the month, which isn't always like the 21st, it could be yeah. as late as early as the 
17th and as late as like the 24th. That was a serious problem for us. And which we could have gotten around by just having it dumped into our savings and our savings doing the transfer. But international transfers, even with things like WISE, et cetera, do have carry a pretty hefty charge. Mm-hmm. So it's like 3%, which was a hit. Also, at the same point in time, this is in 2019, Italy goes, woohoo. And ever since we first came in 1998, Italy was the dream. Thailand was the reality. I always said we were economic refugees in Thailand because, well, we'll talk about visas later, but to get a visa, the Los Angeles Italian consulate requires on their website an income of 38000 American dollars a year for a couple. For us, that in uh, Italian taxes at the time was like 36, 37%. That's 10, uh, you know, $12,000 a year, $15,000 a year. You know, it's $1,200 a month. So $14,000 a year in taxes. I don't know about anybody else, but I can't take a one third of my income going to the government. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, I like the United States. Right. Not in the, <laughs> a lot of money. Sure. Yeah. Sure. Yeah, it's a lot of money. We had always done, like you said, the Schengen Shuffle, 90 in, 90 out. It wasn't a bad flight. It was like 10, 10, 12 hours. China Air always had cheap flights. So we really, you know, we came, we had rented apartments throughout Rome. And then our friends that we made over the years had apartments and houses. We always came like in March, April, May, our shoulder season or September, October, November. So their houses in the country were sitting empty. So we always got smoking deals on the rent. That's essentially the story of why we left Thailand and why we picked Italy. Okay, great. So of all the places in Italy, how did you home in on Carovino? Originally, we came in March of 2019 and we went to Sicily. And I'll, I'll be honest, I adore Sicily. Sicily is one of the most amazing places in the world. Kino Reeves, Reeves movie, A Walk in the Clouds, shot in Sicily. It is spectacular. The people are wonderful, but the healthcare is horrific. I have nursing friends that live there and they tell me they're they're practicing medicine that went out of use in the United States 10 or 15 years ago. Wow. You know, there is the air base, but we don't have military access. You know, we would have been on the local health plan. Now, Italy's National Health Service is excellent. Italians live longer than virtually any place else in the world. And it turns out it isn't the Mediterranean diet, it's national health care. But <laughs> <laughs> if you needed if you needed anything complicated, if you needed anything difficult, you'd have to get on a plane or you'd have to take your train to the mainland, to Rome or someplace else. And I mean, we seriously, seriously look, we spent eight weeks in Sicily looking for different rental options, purchase options. And if you're interested and, you know, you're in, if you're a young retiree, we were 68 and 71 at the time. Oh, you, uh, you know, if you're 62, 65, Sicily's great. I'd, I'd recommend it to anybody. You can buy houses there for significantly less than you can. Even here in Puglia, houses here are cheap. So basically what happened then is so we came up into the mainland and said, okay, we're going to look in Calabria. So we started out in Calabria. And one of the hard things about moving to Italy is realtors who, uh, like lawyers, a thousand of them at the bottom of the ocean is a good beginning. Um, (laughs) Italian realtors don't answer their emails. Don't answer their phones. They only show you the listings they have. There is no such thing as a multiple listing service here. If you're not Italian, you'll pay probably 20 to 30% more. Wow. If you're buying, which is still, you know, on a $50,000 house, it's 10 grand. Not a big deal. So what happened then is uh, I met a lady named Donna Mignon on one of the expat groups who was a realtor. And I went to her website and I contacted her because she had three or four places that were for rent because we didn't know whether we wanted to actually live here or whatever. In two days, she showed us 17 houses in Puglia. Okay. Wow. So <laughs> two days? came back. Yeah, it came back. We came and I mean, we we're talking from the north all the way down to Lecce in the south. She knew the rules. We actually taught her the rules on the 7%. And the, basically the rules are any place in Puglia, Calabria, basically if you draw a line from Naples east 
and drop south any area in there with a house of, with a city of less than 20,000 people, a town that's eligible for 7%. Oh, okay. And there's some beautiful seaside properties and towns that qualify. Mm. So we uh, basically, she sold us a bunch of houses and we went back and we went to the United States in June and said, okay. And we started the visa process, which is very complicated. And Italy doesn't really care <laughs> how hard they make. They know everybody in the world wants to move here. The number of retiree visas in 2019 was 10,000. There are 10 Italian consulates at that point in time in the United States. They each got 1,000. So it's less than 100 a month. So they they can be picky. They can be picky. The first time through, this took us three tries. The first time through, we did not realize we had a letter from an Italian friend, a letter of hospitality. And they said, no, you have to have something that's registered with the commune. So the second time, my husband and I called Donna, said, we talked about all of the houses. I'd taken pictures, everything else. We fell in love with this house. We fell in love with our landlords. The fact that they fell in love with our dog and that his niece is a vet was sort of like the the cherry on top of the ice cream on top yeah. of my foot. We called them and said, you know, would you rent to us for a year? With the understanding that if we don't get our visas, the contract is null and void and deposit that we make, you get to keep. And they were fine with that. So the second time through, we went and, and the consulate said, your documents aren't in the quote unquote proper format except they didn't tell us what the proper format was. And I'm saying, tell me what the proper format is. And they said, basically, yes. So <laughs> at that point in time, we contacted an Italian immigration attorney named Nick Mata, and you can Google him. He has an office in Chicago and an office here in Puglia. He looked at our documents and said, this is what you need to do. And basically, for anyone who's considering coming, the Los Angeles uh, consulate requires 38000 a year and quote unquote, substantial additional assets. And what that translates as, if you have real estate, if you have savings, if you have 401ks, if you have IRAs, what you need is those organizations to give you the documentation like you were applying applying for a house loan. That's sufficient. Uh, You will need to provide travel insurance. You'll have to show travel insurance for a year, which is not in the list of things that they require. But interestingly enough, uh, I had a friend that just went through San Francisco. It wasn't on the list. And they said, do you have insurance? And he said, yes, because I had coached him through it. (laughs) So basically what we did is on the third try, because, you know, this is costing us money. We have, we're renting an apartment in Tucson. It's now September. The snowbirds are coming in. the rental is going to double and we were either going to have to go back to Thailand or Vietnam or somewhere. But what we did is we went through every single consulate in the United States, all of their published requirements for an elective resident visa, which is the retirement visa. And we met all of them. We had an FBI background check. And the other thing is they all want to know, why do you want to move to Italy? And you need to establish some kind of ties here before you come. We'd been coming for a number of years. And so we didn't go, oh, I love the food and I love the climate and the people (laughs) are nice. Because of the last four years, we've been coming to a small town in uh, Lazio called Farnese. We had, I taught square dancing. We'd helped, I'd helped out at school, that kind of stuff. So we had some ties. We were friends with the, we fell into a, a nest of Baptists. Oh. <laughs> in Rome. Nice. And, yeah, only Baptist church in Rome, uh, <laughs> 60 parishioners. And we fell into a nest of Baptists and he's still a good friend. He wrote us letters of recommendation. Yeah, you can come on a, yes, I've been a tourist. You can show outreach work in the United States. That helps even, you know, uh, I helped with the food bank. I helped with XYZ, whatever, you know, mm-hmm. uh, reading to disabled kids or uh, illiterate kids, whatever. They're looking for people that are going to contribute. It isn't just come and spend your money. Anybody can spend their money. George Clooney can come and spend his money. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Absolutely. Well, you know, speaking of famous people, I did meet Breaking Bad, the guy who played Hank. Oh, Oh, wow. In a restaurant in uh, in, uh, Conversano. Yeah. Very and, nice. Uh, no, Sister Nino. Sister Nino. I kept looking and I kept looking. He said, you're Hank. And he said, got me. And I said, yeah. I said, you know, I just want you to know that I've always 
really loved Breaking Bad. So <laughs> very interesting, you know. Nice. And nice. I said, I was sorry when you got killed. Yeah. <laughs> but that was pre-COVID. That was pre-COVID. Right. So but the information you gave is great, but can you just say the name of your attorney and realtor again? So I know a okay. lot of our listeners would be interested. Nick Mata, M-A-T-T-A, Google him, Italian lawyer. And then the other one is Donna. Mignon, M-I-G-N-O-N. And since then, we've also become friends with Alex Norton, N-O-R-T-O-N. And they are basically buyer realtors. They do have some properties they list, but they also have established relationships with other realtors that will let them show their listings. Okay. So Donna Mignon and Alex Mm -hmm. Norton are the real real estate guys. Realtors. Realtors, and then Nick Mata is the attorney. Yes. Okay. Thank you. That's great. Yeah. Yeah. Let's go to housing, right? Yeah. Can you tell us about the housing, the search involved, and the audience are unable to view this. What we see is this amazing high ceiling. Beautiful. Yeah. It's just it's it's stunning. I feel like you live in stone. Oh, it's stone. I feel like you're living in a museum. It's this kind of rich. Yeah. Can you see why I fell in love with it? Yeah. Yes, it's oh curved. My oh, my God. The it's second curved. I saw it, I said, oh, my goodness, that's kind of so like cool. True cathedral. How big is it? It's 1,900 square feet. Wow. That's sizable. With with a small patio. With a small, okay. like, oh, maybe a 100 square foot patio, a okay. small patio. How many bedrooms um, are there? One. Oh, wow. That's <laughs> a big space then yeah. for you guys. <laughs> I have. Well, basically, when you're talking about historical houses in Italy, you're talking about houses that, like, this room that we're in was probably originally the stable oh, or the cows and the horses or the whatever. Here, I'll show you the floor here so you can see. Ooh. I have stone floor there. Wow. Oh my god! Yeah, and and having a rug over that is gorgeous. It's so yeah. rich. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. All right. And yeah, this is a forty dollar IKEA kiln. <laughs> <laughs> the sprinkling of a of Swedish. Well, I was going to say American, but it's Swedish. Okay. Swedish. Yeah. 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 And did you have to do uh, any work to it? No. No, it came this way. The house had been, what happens here in Puglia is that the Italian population has been shrinking for the last 20 years. Nobody's having babies because they're expensive. Certainly in the South, there aren't any jobs. There's very few jobs. And so if you have a child, you have a child. And this goes back even to my best friend who was born right at the end of World War II. The family had one child. Well, my landlord owns seven different pieces of property inherited because aunts, uncles died, they didn't have kids or their kids Uh, died and they didn't have kids or it's shared with two or three people. My best friend here owns five pieces of property, five houses or whatever, and farmland. What happened is this house that we're in or this apartment, because it's the bottom floor, there's another apartment above us with the same high ceilings, et cetera, was owned by my landlord, well, the woman, my female landlord, her uh, aunt. And she died seven years ago. And essentially, it sat, it sat empty. They used it as storage for wine, olive oil, and wood. Wow. wow. And so when we walked in, there was wood here. There were big, the like milk. Remember back, I, you're too young, but back in the 50s, they had these big metal containers of milk. Well, that was the oil and the wine containers and you know, the barrels and that kind of stuff. And the understanding was that if we rented, all of that would go out. Some of it's very old. We have what's called a French bathtub, which is basically, it's about half size. And it has a step in it so that your feet go down and your knees go down. And then your butt is sort of on a shelf. <laughs> You know, I never heard that described that way. I love it. Okay. And, and is there a uh, shower head? Is there a shower oh, head? Oh, yeah. No, no. A- I, I, I put in a shower. I did put that much in. <laughs> but it's got the typical galley Italian kitchen. It's amazing what these women cook on a two burner stove. I said, no way. I did put in an oven and a four burner cooked up. Mm. But our landlords have been great. You know, if I've asked for something, they said, sure, you know, go ahead and we'll, we'll pay half of it or they pay the labor okay. if I buy the items. And, you know, I just added the air conditioning this year and they paid for the labor on that. Okay. And I paid for the, I paid for the air conditioning unit and, you know, but they know the people and I don't. So if I, if I go out yeah. and I say somebody install it, I'd pay 400 and they find somebody to do it for 200, but I don't care. But essentially, this is what it looked like. I mean, we painted last summer the whole place, 1900 square feet, 17 foot ceilings for 400 euro. Wow. Wow. That's amazing. Plus paint. The whole place. Plus paint. 
400 yeah. euro. It's amazing. Oh. Can you give us an idea of the rent prices and so forth? Okay. Uh, rentals have gone up. You know, I mean, again, just because we've got more expats coming. When we came here in 2019, we were, quote unquote, the Americans. Uh -huh. Now, we are six miles from what used to be an air base here called San Vito de Normandy. And it was part of the NASA system. Essentially, mm -hmm. there were an early satellite warning system, uh -huh. tunnel rad, that kind of stuff. And they were involved with the NASA launches and finding uh, when the satellites or the astronauts were going over Europe, they, this was one of the places where they tracked them. And the one uh, astronaut that sort of went astray, uh, they helped find that kind of stuff. The base closed in 96. This afternoon, I was at my dentist and he said, it's like having the base open again. There's so many Americans in town now. <laughs> oh, got it. Okay. That's funny. Okay. So the yeah. rents have gone up? A small one bedroom, like 500 square feet, 500, 600, 750 square feet, will run 350, 400 a month. Nice. We, because we got in early, our rent is fixed forever for 450 a month. I talked to my forever. landlord and she said, look, as long as we're alive, as long as they're alive, your rent's going to be 450 a month. Oh, that's so nice. Wow. Yeah. yeah. And they'll honor it. They'll honor it, you know, huh. because we were here when nobody else was. They had no work. Wow. You know, we basically kept them going. Sure. For, yeah. Yeah. Since March of 2020 till April of 2022. Okay. We were in and lockdown most of that time. I should mention to our audience that the uh, euro and the dollar are pretty equal as right. we speak. Yeah, so right we, we won't have to discuss any conversion issue. Well, in, in 20, you, you always pay attention though, because in 2021, it was 118. True. The euro was 118 and we were a dollar. So you've talked about renting. Do you know what the housing prices are generally in the area? They are all over the map. Okay, I have a friend that just bought a house, bought an apartment, nice little one bedroom, 750, 800 square feet with a, with a uh, pat, oh, not a patio, a balcony for 35,000. And it's in good shape. Wait, how much was that? 35,000 American dollars. Wow. Okay, <laughs> I, I thought I misheard that, but you did say 35,000. Unbelievable. Yes. Most cars it, cost more than that. It's because yeah. it's diff it's probably because it's difficult to sell, right? So more people rent, perhaps? We've heard that in other countries. Well, no, what it is is that there's just this huge blood on the market. Oh. You know, like I said, my landlord owns seven pieces of property. Wow. He can afford to hold on to it, but with the economy the way it is, there's a lot of Italian selling. Last week, a friend of mine and I were down at Santa Sabina, which is the seaside community here. And we were looking at a place for $67,000, about a block off of the ocean. Wow. <laughs> That's so affordable. But it needed, uh, realistically, sixty dollars to $90,000 worth of repairs. Okay. Okay. Still, you're okay. looking at $150,000 yeah. for seaside property. Yeah, 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 that's still Finally, amazing. You yeah. can't buy a house on a lake in Minnesota for $150,000. <laughs> right, yeah. And that's rehab. That's rehab. The problem with real estate here is that a lot of it over the decades, over the centuries, people have multiplied, divided, added, subtracted different functions, you know, like our stable became our living room. The stable mm -hmm. became our living room. Mm -hmm. And then at one point in time, the stable was a separate habitation. We think a coffee shop. We're not 100% sure. Wow. It, at one point in time, this whole building, there's two apartments upstairs and had is licensed for four apartments. So a lot of stuff is, quote unquote, illegal. It's not in agreement with the blueprints. Right. And if anybody's watched uh, Flip or Flop, Flop or Flip. Uh, yeah. yeah. I don't yeah. remember what the flop. Yeah, yeah, whatever. You know, where they walk into a place and nothing meets what's on the code. Yeah. Or that's, that's in the community. Yeah. 90% of the stuff here is like that. Okay. <laughs> and you have to be very, very careful. A good friend of mine sold his house on the roof. You had sea view, yada, yada, yada. Had an acre and a half. But he's 67 years old and he can't keep that acre and a half up. It's difficult yeah. when you're. It's a lot of work. Yeah. Gorgeous, gorgeous garden. He sold his place, made a killing, 230,000. Land is worth more here than housing. Huh. You know, uh -huh. you, if you're lucky, you'll, you'll find something for 30 to 50,000 a hectare because okay. you can make money off the olive oil. Although that's a different story now. And I watched this journey for three 
three months. And they finally ended up with a 950 square foot, two bedroom house, strange footprint, but on half an acre. It's a duplex. They own half of a duplex. I would say the average price, if you go on to idealista.it or any of the Italian real estate websites, you'll find in Puglia, look at the 7% towns, you'll find these towns are economically depressed and your prices will be anywhere from 35 to 300,000. I also have some friends from San Francisco that just bought a brand new stone two-bedroom not true low house with pool and acreage for three hundred thousand. You know, sea view, spectacular incredible. property. Yeah, uh, it's a gorgeous house. You know, and for someone who's working for Google, it's a like drop. the Schengen Shuffle. <laughs> yeah, a drop in the bucket. Can you tell us? Are you near shopping, food markets, and let's yeah. talk about that yeah. moment? Okay, our town itself has five different smaller groceries. Sort of like Trader Joe's. They're a okay. lot like Trader Joe's in terms oh, of size. My favorite. Of, yeah, except that it's all Italian food. That's fine. That's <laughs> fine. And Jean's like, full, hey. They got a full <laughs> aisle of pasta. They got a full <laughs> aisle of every kind of pasta known to man. And yeah. a full aisle of sweets, of uh, cookies oh and, <laughs> and that kind of stuff. Which is why obesity is going to be a problem in Italy very, very soon. And I'm already seeing <sighs> signs of it. Sure, sure. Okay, so today I got up, I went for coffee, then I went down to my dentist's office, then who's on the other side of town, then I came back to the pharmacy, pick up a prescription, then I stopped at two grocery stores on my way home, (laughs) and it's a mile, it was a mile and a half. So you walked all that? Yeah, yeah, you walk here. (laughs) Everything's walkable, okay. We have excellent um, public transportation, except if you want to go out at night, so you're pretty well stuck in town at night because like the last bus is at eight o'clock at night and a lot of restaurants don't open till seven so <laughs> it'd be a problem mm-hmm. except you know here in town of course we have two michelin starred restaurants wow uh, if you're a foodie within 25 kilometers of here we have five michelin starred restaurants that's amazing 12 or 15 Gambero Rosso, which is the Italian equivalent of uh, James Beard. Wow. Uh, and what's the, what's the cost like? For instance, what's a cu- cup of coffee cost? Uh, espresso versus uh, an Americana, say. Okay. Well, an espresso at the counter is 90 cents. Standing up, slam it back. Uh, cappuccino at the counter, standing up is a euro to 110. And Tavolo, where they bring it to you at the table, it's between 130 and 140 right now. Uh, yeah. Versus uh, Starbucks. <laughs> oh, forget Starbucks. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, oh yeah, my yeah. lord yeah. that's great and it's great cappuccino and it's great uh-huh. cappuccino the uh italian breakfast is a croissant and either an espresso or a cappuccino oh you're and speaking my language <laughs> oh i have croissants all the time <laughs> you walk out for between 250 and three euro depending on where you can't get a venti for that <laughs> oh man yeah. are you are steps small. away from a little cafe yeah about a block and a half Oh, but, my great. Favorite, but my favorite one is four blocks away, five blocks away. Okay, uh, I'll do that. Yeah. <laughs> and the reason is that it has about a hundred foot long patisserie. Well, that's my favorite place. And those are 70 cents each. A little, little wow. mignon. And can, nice. you, can you get a dinner for a decent price? Yeah, we just went out uh, Thursday night. No, we went out last night, seven of us for 68 euro what? at a Greek restaurant. With seven That's people? appetizers, seven people, appetizers, main courses, two desserts that we split among us because there was so much fucking food. Oh, <laughs> <me>. my Lord. <laughs> okay. Okay. Uh, pizzas here, uh, you know, with wine, two pizzas and wine is 22 euros. And it's the wine that's expensive. How is the pizza? It's Italian. <laughs> you know, <laughs> they created it. It's spectacular. <laughs> it's always wood fired. Don't walk into a place that doesn't have a wood fired oven. And the guy, you know, it's in there for 45 seconds and it's got little burned pieces yeah. on the edge that are just all right. part of it. It's really, really good pizza. It's a really good pizza. Yeah. I have to ask, is there such a thing as a Sicilian slice? No. Okay. No. 
What you can get is Pizza Taglio, which is you go into these bars, and we don't have any here because this tends to be more a Naples or a Rome, more north thing, Mm -hmm. where they literally have a square yard of pizza, but it's like five different kinds. Like it'll be with mozzarella, or it'll be with artichoke, or it'll be with potato, which I don't get, but don't ask me. What you do is you say, okay, I want want one so big, and you hold out, you know, how big you want the piece, and they cut it and they weigh it. And that's, I don't know if you'd call it a Sicilian slice, but it's pizza by the yard, if you will, by the inch. Okay, so I'm thinking of, we have a pretty popular Sicilian pizzeria here in, I guess it's Bensonhurst, although we're in Bay Mm -hmm. Ridge. In Brooklyn. In Brooklyn, New York. And Mm -hmm. they have these just amazing square slices. The same thing. That could okay. be the same thing. Okay. Because we interviewed a woman from Sicily and she said there's no such thing, but it sounded more like a focaccia, what we were saying. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It sounds like you're talking about focaccia because the pizzas in Rome or that kind of thing are not super thin crust. Basically, the pizzas down here are almost like tortilla crust. They're a little thicker, like a millimeter or two more. And focaccia is definitely half an inch. Right. And so <laughs> the ones in Rome are somewhere between tortillas and, uh, <laughs> and bread. Which which we like more, actually. And yeah. we're fortunate that in Bay Ridge, we have how many pizzerias? Lord oh, knows. Oh, my goodness. We have pizzerias. Pizzerias, as many as nail salons, if that means anything to anyone outside. <laughs> yeah, yeah well, there aren't many New York. nail salons here, I'll tell you that. That's what I've missed. <laughs> uh, <laughs> funny. Okay. All right. Let's move on to healthcare. healthcare. And you, you talked know. a little about that, but let's yeah, talk a little, little, little But if you could share with us how close sure. or far, if you have an emergency, you know, that type of thing. Okay. I have a doctor that's 100 feet out my front door. Wow. <laughs> nice. And how did and you find him? Up for her. My landlord said, I'll introduce you. He took me up, introduced me, and I was his patient. <laughs> and does he speak English? Yes. Poorly, but we get by. <laughs> okay. I can't tell you how I can't tell you how great this guy is. He's uh my husband um uh, has peripheral venous insufficiency and he fell and sliced his knee well his the his uh the front of his leg up. It got infected and so he had third spacing, which is where the plasma sort of goes between the skin and the lower dermal layers. And he saw that he went up to the doctor every day for six weeks and the doctor changed his dressing. Not a nurse, wow. not a practitioner, the doctor. And he's on the phone to a specialist in Rome. Wow. Doing wow. Wonderful. Basically, he deprived him every day, deprived him every day and saved his leg, essentially. And this is oh. the kind of guy he is. This is the kind of the doctors that you get here. If you need 20 minutes, they're going to spend 20 minutes. Nice. It's a little strange because you get he'll say, come at one o'clock and you come at one o'clock and it may be two or three o'clock before you get seen. Right. But I guess that's sort of the case of American healthcare now, too. We're a little different in that we are because an American because I'm a United States federal employee retiree. Our insurance is carried by the United States government. Oh. I'm on a federal employee health plan. I just go places and pay cash. But you can, once you get your permesso de sojourno, which is basically your green card for staying here, although it's only good for a year, you can go to your commune you can get a carta de identity, which says, yes, this person actually lives here. And then you can go and get your ASL card, ASL card, which is, it signs you up for the Italian national health care. Pharmaceutical prices, well, my husband's drugs in the United States are 1100 a month. Here, they're 150 Wow. Yeah. And this is with me paying cash prices. Right. I just bought, uh, I just had to get an antibiotic, $2.50. That's amazing. So your doctor, he, is that part of the national healthcare system or is that private? He's A lot of them do both. A lot of them do both. You know, he makes his money with national health. I have to argue with him to pay him. He says, <laughs> no, I get paid. You know, I'm going, look, you see me, you know that you're not getting any money from national health service for me. I'm going to pay you. You know, for that, by the way, for those six weeks, he wanted to charge us a hundred bucks. I said, no. Then, oh yeah, my goodness. Yeah, real. That's a, um, real. So, you know, that's very typical. I have basal cell skin cancer. The dermatologist sees me every six months. He ends up burning off half a dozen little suspicious things, Mm -hmm. hundred bucks. The hospital, we have 
uh, the closest hospital is Ostuni. It is six kilometers away. And um, I wouldn't call it a level one trauma, but mm-hmm. if you're having a heart attack, they know how to take care of you. If you're having a stroke, a lot of that kind of stuff. If you're in an accident and you're, you know, are shot, whatever, oh, that never happens. Then, yeah, you're, then you're going to go to Brindisi and, and if need be, they'll air evacuate into Rome but or Naples. Essentially, the hospitals here are old. They were built in the 60s and the 70s. But when it comes to technology, they have full color CAT scans. They have, mm-hmm. you know, MRIs, okay. PET scans, okay. you name it. And there is a collateral, if you will, private healthcare system here. They take national health people, but you pay for the access. Like a friend of mine is going to uh, Salus is the name of the place in Brindisi. It's a small private hospital. She's pregnant. She wants top care. It's going to cost her 500 bucks. Oh my God. But she can go anytime she wants. Private hospital should have a private room, etc. Yeah. The basic cost is covered by the National Health Service, but to have access, okay. she's paying more. Now, how long does it take to get to Brindisi, the town? From? From Carovina. <laughs> An hour by air, five hours by train, direct okay. train. Okay. So it's not something that you can just take an Uber to get to. No, 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 no. And that's the other problem is that there are no Ubers here. Taxis tend to be expensive. What happens is you develop a network of people that you pay $10 an hour for and pay the gas. Uh, And then ah, they'll drive. And everyone kind of knows who to contact and so forth. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Got it. Yeah. Yeah. Sounds like you don't have a car. Is that right? I did. And then we were in an accident in June. I was driving a Fiat Cinquecento, which is 500, but it's actually five cents. (laughs) I was 22 years old. I had it over the summer. And then this fall, I just decided to sell it. And right now we're carless because I have a new maid and she drives me wherever I want to go for. Wow, that's even better. Basically, public transportation in Italy is really very good. You know, I can I can take the bus to the train station in either Ostuni or Brindisi. I can go anywhere in Europe on a train or within a very reasonable distance on a train and make a connection to a bus. I can even take a train to London, although why I would when I can fly to London for seven euro is a different what? question. Did you say seven? Yeah. Seven euro? euro. One way. How, yeah. how is that even possible? Now, where is the airport, by the way, from your house? It's in Brindisi, 28 kilometers away. Okay. Oh, it's close. So you can so it's then... 16, 18 miles. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right, so then you can fly to London for $7. What yes. airline is this? Uh, that would be Ryan. Ryanair, Ryanair, yeah, Ryanair. Yeah. Ryanair. <laughs> I, can go to Paris to Ryanair. For, I can go to Paris for $27 round trip, have dinner in Paris and come back the same day. Oh, oh my goodness. Oh, I am so glad we met you. <laughs> this is so informative. <laughs> I look like, oh, the heel of the boot and how long is it going to get everywhere? This is incredible. We can even live there 90 yeah. days in, 90 days out. Go to hey, London you for know, seven, and, and, seven bucks. You know, as long as you don't rent in June, July, or August. Okay. Then, ah. Sure. Because the prices then go, you know, because yeah. we're six kilometers from the sea here. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and there know, are a lot of places here in town that do have sea views. Okay. Well, you know what? Right. When you're retired, you don't have to worry about that schedule anymore, right? You don't have to right. go. You know, there's no school schedule anymore. That goes out the door. You talk about uh, the summer. How's the weather there? Does it ever? Does it ever snow? It's warm there, right? Yeah, it's essentially Phoenix. Uh, I mean, not as hot in the summer because mm-hmm. we have the ocean uh, cooling us down. But essentially, you know, Phoenix gets snow once every five or six years. Mm-hmm. We get snow once every five or six years. Right now, our, our temperatures are running pretty parallel to what they are in Phoenix at night and during the day. The big problem here is that we get fog at night because, again, the Mediterranean's warmer and the cold air comes down. Sure. I'm sorry, you get what at night? Fog. Oh, fog. fog. Okay. Yeah. So right. uh, it's a damn cold. It's like we used to say it's a dry heat. Well, it's a damn cold. <laughs> <laughs> good one. Good one. Our winter temperatures run uh, high 40s, low 50s at the coldest. Oh, not bad. Yeah. During the yeah. day and at night, low 40s, occasionally high 30s. For those of us who are into arts and crafts, for example, are there courses or schools nearby? Aside from entertainment, are there right. things like that to do? We're coming back. There's pottery schools and horseback riding and okay there's a professional culinary institute here nice um which is like one of the top in italy which is why we have as many michelin restaurants as we do right. around here that makes sense i counted the other day out of a potential 
32 months uh, between the start of lockdowns, between the initiation of uh, lockdowns and when Italy ended the last one in April of this year, there was a potential of 34 months and we were locked down 22 of them in pool. Wow. You so know. there's still so much for you to explore also. Yeah, basically. National Geographic this year, uh, once again, named us fourth year running, one of, named us the most beautiful place in the world. Wow. That's geographic great. traveler. It sounds, it sounds like it, yeah. What are the forms of entertainment are there? And as well as, I am sure there are lots of walkable types of like hiking and things yeah, of that nature. Yeah, but, outdoor activity. Again, it's coming back. Most of the musical, but dance, music, that kind of arts. There isn't a lot of visual arts here. You know, there aren't art galleries, uh, museum type of things. Mm. It's more performance arts. Okay. If you want uh, art, like internationally famous art, you catch the train to Naples or to Rome. Rome. (laughs) There's no shortage there. Yeah. Again. Four hours to Pompeii, you know, Naples, <laughs> three hours, uh, nice. you know. And yeah. we have all these castles and we're in the middle of the, the of the national park. We actually have two national parks here. We have Torre Guachetto, which is a turtle rescue and a national ocean. Wow, park. Ooh, I love that. And we have the National Olive Mon- Monument where we have olive trees that have been carbon dated to the time of Jesus. Ooh, wow. Wow. I love olives. Oh, my goodness. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Okay. That's so cool. Yeah. Absolutely. And what about movie theaters? Brindisi. Brindisi. Uh, okay. And, and that's, that's, and that's where the airport is, you said, right? Yeah. 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 28 kilometers, you know. Oh, that's close. So, yeah. yeah. But, the, but the movies are in Italian. They right. come when they were released. The first Friday that they're released, there's one show that's in original language, whether it's French, German, English, whatever. And then after that, the rest of them are in Italian and there is no subtitles. <gasps> There's so, no subtitle. So this reminds me. So you had to learn Italian. Yes. Or did I'm you learning know? Italian. You're I'm learning, learning Italian. Italian. Okay. Yeah. But you're able to communicate because from what I read and what we've discussed prior to the show, that most of Puglia or aside from all these celebrities coming in, speak Italian. Yes. Yeah, this is the deep end of the language pool. Yeah. Far from the shallows, if you will. <laughs> right, right. Wait, so they don't speak English? No, no. Okay. It's You might find someone, and I, you know, if it's really critical, they'll run out and get their cousin who speaks mm-hmm. Ital- uh, speaks English uh-huh. or whatever. But Google is your friend. I just spent a month in Siena at the University of Peristranieri, 500 oh. euro for the month plus housing. Nice. And four hours a day to um, upgrade my Italian. I'm going back again next spring for three months, probably March, April, May, or April, May, June. I'm not sure. And just uh, get an A1 or an A2 certification, hopefully an A2 certification, but it all depends. And I guess it would be difficult when you're looking for a place to live and you're Italian is very limited or you're using your Google, your app on your yeah. phone or something. And, yeah. and you want to make sure that what they're saying is what you're understanding, right? This is why you want to work with someone like Alex. Sure. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I have this lovely neighbor next door. He runs a real estate agency, but he doesn't speak a word of English. Sent people to him with the understanding on both sides that <laughs> what you see is what you get right. and make sure you understand Exactly. No, because expectations in real estate are very different. Yes. Uh, Good point. Good point. I know an American couple that bought five hectares of olives, Sea View, and they were told by the realtor that they could build there and there is no building permission. Oh, my goodness. And after they had spent $300,000 on this five acres of land, I said, do you have Zillella, which is a virus that's attacking the olives and killing them? And they said, what's Zillella? Oh, my goodness. And so they went back to the realtor and he said, well, you didn't ask. Oh, no. When they asked, why didn't you tell? There is no such thing as full disclosure. You could have bodies buried. No one's going to tell you. (laughs) (laughs) You could have a mafia burial ground. No one's going to tell you. (laughs) You sound like you love it. Is there anything you, you miss about the States or about Thailand for that matter? I miss, well, we're now, as I said, we now are getting more expats here. We're starting to develop an expat community as well as an Italian community. It was really good for me because I had to develop an Italian community. But when I was in Thailand, I had 
37 women on my email list. I'd say, let's grab a Songtao, which is a pickup truck with benches in the back. And let's go out to Changdao or to uh, Sukhumvit or wherever, rent a van and go down to Bangkok or that kind of stuff. And that hasn't happened here yet. Uh, well, I take that back. We did get six of us together, rented a van and went around and saw Christmas lights this year. <laughs> Oh, that's nice. But uh, So yeah, it's been lonely. It has. It really has been lonely. I have friends that I FaceTime with and Messenger and WhatsApp and that kind of stuff. I'm now getting out more. With COVID, nobody went anywhere. So you were going to ask about my naked dog. Yeah, I was yes. just going to, that's exactly what He gonna, has it circled. Yeah. <laughs> you, wrote a book yeah. Called, you, wrote, you wrote a book called Travels with a Naked Dog. Tell us a little about that. Okay, well... In 2009, we rented a Zolo, we, we adopted a Zolo, a Zolo Eats Cleanly, which was a Mexican hairless dog. His name was Diggy. Everywhere you go with one of these dogs, it is like being a roadie to a rock star. Yes. <laughs> Everyone stops you. I mean, literally, it was funny because I was in Rome with some Italian friends and we had Diggy with us. And literally, the teenage girls are screaming, which is cute. Yeah. It's cute Italian because he was riding in my backpack. You know, it's it literally it's like being people stop, people take pictures, people ask you about it. Diggy died in August of 2021. We just adopted Nanu in June of this year. And but she's a Peruvian in Canorcan, again, a hairless dog. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. the. Uh, so the questions are, oh, is that a solo? And again, Pequeno. And literally people to stop and take selfies. We came in over customs. They had all they wanted to do. You know, I'm like freaking, you know, we're coming into immigration with a dog from <laughs> Thailand where they're in the middle of a baby's bed. Oh, my yeah. Lord. And all yeah. they wanted to do was take s- selfies. Oh, That's my God. So How did you find that particular breed? My husband is very allergic. I was, you know, and he's just allergic to fur. It doesn't matter. We had a Bichon allergic to it. Oh, I mean, man. less than a, a Poodle Bichon mix, less than like a lab or yeah, yeah. we had an Eng- a, uh, English Springer Spaniel before that. And wow. Australian but still Clifford. fluffy. Yeah. <laughs> but still fluffy. Yeah. But he didn't shed. They don't shed and they have hair, not fur. But he still was allergic to it. Living in Arizona, I came across somebody who had a Zolo. And from there, I went on Pet Finder and I went on uh, whatever websites I could find. And we found Diggy. He was a rescue. We adopted him. Now, Nanu, I had to actually buy from a breeder, but it, she's a semi-rescue and that she's seven years old. So they have taken, taken her out of their breeding pool. It's a woman that's been very, very dedicated to improving the Peruvian orchid uh, standards. So I have a healthy dog which nice. is, you know, mm-hmm. a big concern. Right. She only had 17 dogs. You know, I mean, there are people that have 50 or 75. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, and she's and she's a very pretty little dog. Yeah. And um, we really enjoy her. Okay. So, and are but, you near? So I'm are still you traveling near? with a naked dog. <laughs> but, but did you put the book out or? You finished it's it's online. It's online. And I and I haven't done anything with it. I need to go back in because basically what it is is it's my Facebook posts for the last eight years ah, in Thailand ah. in uh hashtag travels with a naked dog. Everybody says, Well, I love your stuff, but well, there's so much going on. There's so much going, on. So much going on. Yeah. No, yeah. I have to yeah. ask, is there a veterinarian nearby? We had two. It was really fun because our vet was a dermatologist and she just adored our dog because there's like 350 of them in Europe. Wow. And she had one. Really? Wow. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. That's great. It was funny because Diggy had a wound, had gotten a wound. And I never really figured out how it happened, but it gotten infected and she kept trying to fix it. And she said, look, I need you to go see the specialist in Masania. So we said, okay. So we went and I heard her making, I said, make an appointment for us. So she made an appointment and I said, well, you didn't tell them who we are, our name or anything else. And she said, I told them you were coming in with a hairless dog. And Ah. I said, oh, okay. (laughs) (laughs) I walk into the vet's office and do you know what's in the office? Another Zolo. 
Oh my god. Another hairless dog. What a coincidence. It was yeah. like so we're we're this, this source of a, a huge amusement in the vet's office because it comes in and says, Okay, hairless dog, and you're going, <laughs> which one? <laughs> Oh my God, that's so that's funny. So funny. That's so, I did forget to ask, if you don't speak Italian and you love the area and you love the 7% and you buy a home or you rent a place there, is it possible to join up with the local Facebook group perhaps of expats? Oh, there's tons of us. Okay. There's tons okay. of us. Okay. English speakers in Puglia, expats in Italy, expats sure. in Valle d'Atria. Okay. Just Facebook's the, the group because... We actually share some pretty critical information and TikTok and Twitter wow. and that kind of thing doesn't allow the kinds of oh, right. volume of that yes. you need. Yes, yes. You know, the yeah. limitations of uh, Twitter. They drive me crazy. Yeah. Is there anything you'd like to share with our audience? I think the thing I would say is that Italy is hard. Your American license is good for a year and then you have to get an Italian license. It's 40 out of 400 questions, all of them in Italian. And if you get four wrong, you have to do it again. Wow. Hard. Yeah, very hard. Your visas are through the Italian consulates in the United States. It's Italian bureaucracy. You have to develop a one-at-a-time mentality. You can't say, okay, I'm going to the grocery store and it's going to be a 15-minute trip <laughs> because you're going to end up talking to somebody or the girl in front of you is going to, at the checkout counter is going to be talking to somebody. It's a slower pace of life. I always feel like I conquered something when I go down and I pay my Wi-Fi bill <laughs> 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 for the day. <laughs> you're so cute. And the post office is also the Italian National Bank. Oh, and it's like, help. if you will, the Fed. If you want the best exchange rate, you go into their ATMs, but you're limited to 200 with at a time with because of the anti-mafia laws. There's always a line. There's always a line in the post office. So you learn to watch. And for here, it's between one and three because everybody goes to lunch. Ah. But then there's only two people on the counter. So there's still a line. And even if you're the only person in the office, it's still going to take 20 minutes to buy a stamp. Wow. <laughs> My goodness. Wow. So it's not easy, yeah. but it's worth it. It's Italy. Yeah. This comment about the anti-mafia laws, is that stemming from if you take out more than 200, there's a potential sign that of wealth? No, it's a sign of money laundering. Uh, okay. Okay. So they call it anti-mafia law. Well, it's it's anti-mafia, anti-whatever. I mean, they don't call it anti-mafia yeah. law. It's <laughs> basically, they want to make sure that you're not washing money. A lot of Italy is what they call narrow or black. A lot of transactions are cash that no one writes a receipt for. Italian IRS is called the Garda Finanza, and there is one for every town of any size. And they go around and they talk to all of the shop owners. And you better have receipts. You better have shown but your till had better match what you've got on your cash register, wow. if you will. And the fines are hefty. You know, everyone freaks about the mafia. A long time ago, the mafia learned you don't crap in your own nest. And the last thing they want to do is hit up an American, hit up a, uh, a Stranieri, because it brings the wrath of God down on them. And it stays. There's two perfect examples. One is the John Paul Getty grandson. And oh. basically, it broke up the Sicilian mafia. It never really recovered. And the other one is the Kevin's Law, is what it's called. And in 1998, something like that, in the late 90s, a family was traveling between Naples and someplace. The car they were in was mistaken by the mafia for opposing family. And they shot up the car and they killed the 12-year-old son. Okay. Well, as you can imagine, the shitstorm was huge. But what mm -hmm. was really interesting is that the family donated the son's organs. And oh, this wow. is something you had never done, had never happened, very, very rarely in Italy. Primarily because I think of the Catholic, you know, there seems to be a uh, feeling in the Catholic Church that, you know, you don't do organ donation. Organ donations in Italy went through the roof. I think, like in 2000, you know, early aughts, they passed a law that said, we need your organs. We're going to take them when you're dead. 
Wow. I mean, you can opt out, but it's not an opt-in. It's an opt-out right. option. Right. Okay. You know, I figure anybody who wants my 70-year-plus organs <laughs> is welcome to Hey, it's going to help something. a lot. Sure, yeah. sure. Yeah. Sure. yeah. You, guys, you guys almost mafia talk, don't you guys know? There's no such thing as the mafia. <laughs> yeah. Well, okay. I live in a town. I live in a town that's claimed to fame is the family that it started here. That it wow. started here. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Wow. You know, I am. Are there drugs here? Yes. I'd be naive to say there are. Sure. Mm-hmm. Sure. Come on. Find me someplace in the world where there aren't drugs. Yeah. Maybe one guy living on an island somewhere. You know, <laughs> Tom Hanks. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> yes, <laughs> yes. passed away. Yes. Basically, it's nonviolent. Yes. You don't pay. No one's getting shot. No yes. one's. Yes. Well, I take that back. In families. <laughs> I mean, you know, literally, some uh, some idiot here shot his yeah. brother on yeah. film. The other thing I want to say to people is, you're always going to be the strontier. You're never going to be a town. You can speak at uh, proficiency, translate for the UN level. Your parents can be Italian and move to the United States or New York or Mm -hmm. or London. And if you weren't born in Italy and you weren't raised in Italy, you're always going to be strontier. But that's not bad because the Italian people, now the Italian government, who knows, but the Italian people are fascinated by the other, just like we are in the United States. You know, everyone says, oh, gee, it's so hard to learn Italian or whatever. You know, Italians are just thrilled you're trying. Yeah. Just like, come on. In the States, somebody comes up to you and doesn't speak English Mm -hmm. and they try to talk to you in German or French. Right. You want to help. So whatever. You want to help. Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, I have asked on a bus. Well, no. Perfect example. I was on the train to Pompeii and I missed my stop. And I said, Pompeii Scavi. And they said, whoops, you missed it. Basically, (laughs) a lady got off the train with me, walked me over to the right train, went to the Pompeii excavations with me, took me to the gate then went back, got on the train and continued on her way. Oh, my goodness. This is the kind of thing I ran into in Rome. People on the bus would get off and walk with me to wherever it was I was going. So I knew that. So they knew that I was okay. And it's just the generosity of spirit is amazing. Wow. It, it really that's, is. That's really nice. Wow. That's really nice. Yeah, but that's, and, that's, you know, that's, be kind, be polite. That's all you have to do. Per favore. Yeah. Grazie. Show and, respect. Yep. Yeah. 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 You know, yeah. be respectful of others. Absolutely. But, but that's fine being not being one of them. I'm half Italian. I've never felt Italian. <laughs> although, <laughs> although, although in Italy, when we were in Italy, Gil and I were married in Italy. Everybody thought, everybody started speaking to me in Italian. They thought I was Italian. As of here, <laughs> they think this big nose is, is a Jewish nose and they think I'm Jewish. In Italy, they think, yeah. you know, it's an Italian big nose. Yeah. yeah. That, that yeah. was amazing. Yeah. We were married. We eloped. Where were you married? Florence. Ah. Firenze. Firenze. Yeah. All right. Anyway, you so, were wonderful. Thank yeah, you so much. Thank you so much for your time. Very I want to thank our friend Nancy Steele out there who introduced us to Mary. Nancy, thank you. Thank you again. We want to thank you, Mary, for all the time and all the information you shared with us. This was a wonderful episode. And well, we thank hope- you for having me. And, you know, feel free to reach out to me. I'm on Facebook, Mary Hanson Caravino. Yes. And you know, if you have one-on-one questions or whatever, just hit me up. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> And we're going to have photos from you on our Instagram account at retired there, retired there underscore, I should mention, and more to come. Okay. Have a great weekend and we'll be in touch. Bye-bye. Ciao. Ciao. We hope you've enjoyed this episode. If you know someone who's relocated for retirement and wishes to share their story with us, please reach out to us. We'd love to hear from you. Our email address is gg at retiredthere.com. Our website is retiredthere.com. And you may follow us on Twitter at retiredthere underscore. Now, if you've liked our show, please subscribe and rate it in Apple Podcasts. In the meantime, be well. Be well.